We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Inspired by the presence of Captain Jack Youngblood, playing in pain with his broken leg. A savage Ram defense. They hand it to Steven. Great jump cut. 45 seconds. There's a whole burst to it. 20. Side steps to tackle. Runs left. 25 still on his feet. 46-yard goal by number 39. Running back, number 29, Eric Dickerson. Johnny Hecker. A high school quarterback is going to throw. The fake is on it. He's got a first down to Stephen Bailey. Mike Jones needs the tackle. And the Rams have won the Super Bowl. Super Bowl. Rams Talk Radio with Derek C. Apollo and Michael Stewart. Welcome to Rams Talk Radio. This is Derek C. Apollo with my co-host, my partner in crime, former Los Angeles Rams defensive back, Michael Stewart. And yeah, I, I talked right through that one because wow. Wow, that yeah. game. Wow. One more time, just for giggles. Wow. Yeah. Rams win 20-12, probably should have been a much bigger margin. There are some things going on there, and I think, I think some major things going on with Cardinals. That, that team, I don't know how to even talk about it. Oh, we will talk about it. And sure, J.D. Long did on the play-by-play talking about that with Boris Drew, Marshall Drew at the end of the game there, and just talk about how awful the Cardinals' clock management was and everything. I mean, my gosh, the question really now becomes, do the Rams win this game? Or the Cardinals lose it because I think there's an argument you can make for both. Nonetheless, the Rams are two and one. I love it when I'm wrong when it comes to the Rams. I love it. I had this game. I switched my vote. They proved me wrong. I think maybe we should do the whole reverse psychology thing when they play the Niners next too. You know, I should just say, hey, the Rams are going to lose. Yeah. And, you know, you get what I'm saying there, right? You know. Right. So, you know. I digress. As it is, as it is, first thoughts of the game, Mike, just three quick thoughts of what you saw today. A win is a win is a win. 
but sloppiness and some indecision, but functional. So basically, it's like their third preseason game. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so, you got my drift. Yes. I got your drift. Any other thoughts? Well, you know, I just, at this point in time, you know, you would like to see, you know, things, I, I guess things are progressing. If When you look at the stat sheet, see the running game got going a little bit. You see the passing game. They are spreading it around a little bit. But, you know, when you bring a guy in like uh, Robinson to do some things and just dropping balls and different stuff, it's just kind of, I don't know, man. It's just, it just sometimes looking at games now, it's not it's it's like people don't really take their job seriously and playing professional football is a job. Uh but when you look on the sideline after Cam Akers fumbles on the goal line and him and the other running back are kind of over there chucking it up and laughing, like what's funny? I don't I don't get it. And so I don't know, man. I, I just I I just would like to see guys on Sunday take things a little bit seriously, not like, ah, oh, if we win, cool, if we lose, uh, you know, hey, man, we're going to get paid and we're going to go out. So I just think part of it is being indicative of being in L.A. I just, you know, though they're playing away, but it's a short trip. They can get back out and hit the streets when they get back. But I would just like to see uh, a little more seriousness in the sense of what you're doing out there when you're out there on the field. What were your thoughts, DC? The drops bothered me. Uh, I mean, yeah. the drops bothered me. You had you basically dropped two touchdown passes. That's 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 a pretty big deal. I think the other thing that bothered me, um, it, you know, it, of course the fumble goal line bothers me. It really does, actually. But I think just the idea that you had this chance to put the Cardinals away early and they just kind of lingered around. Uh, I mean, they didn't blow it. Like they, they, let's be honest. They darn near blew it last week against the Falcons. I mean, they did, they did. I don't think they blew anything this game. They, did, they didn't like, you didn't see, you didn't have this impending sense of doom that the Cardinals are going to come run two touchdowns on them real quick. I think the Rams still kind of pretty much had it in control, but you got to play better and you got to put people away. And and one of the big complaints I think we had about the Rams over the last few years is they didn't really do a great job about putting teams away. Now they did, you know, come at the last part of last year, they really kind of became the killers, man. They really became the people who would, who would be finishers and they're not really there yet this year. You know, the Cardinals were four out of five on fourth down. Four out of five. Yeah. I mean, you got to be a finisher. This should have been the way the Rams played at times in this game and the way the Cardinals played, because the Cardinals played like hot garbage. This should have been a 34-7 game, 41-10 game, something like that. And again, I had the, I had the Cardinals winning, and I, I had a winning because I just felt the way they looked versus how the Rams looked you know, last week. You know, the, the Rams did a good job of proving me wrong there, and that's great. I mean, that's... I, you look at the time of possession, 26 minutes for the Rams, 33 for the Cardinals. The Cardinals ran, we'll talk, we'll go through all the numbers in a moment. They ran 35 more plays than the Rams did and only outgained the Rams by 20 yards. 
Rams averaged 7.4 yards per play. Yet, yet, um, they they just had those critical moments, man. They just didn't put their foot in someone's head. And that's how you have to do it in the NFL. If you want to be a Super Bowl contender. Now, I'm not saying that they won't be or they can't be. I mean, they are defending Super Bowl champions, but, you know, I, it's, 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 it's a win, but it's not one of those wins I'm walking away going, yeah, man, I'm pumped. Yeah, I'm pumped because I'm not. I'm happy they won. Right, right. I mean, no one's not. It's just, I mean, when you, you strip it all away, it, it's, you say, did the Rams win or did the Cardinals lose? Well, I guess if it's in the win column, the Rams won. But when you look at how the Cardinals were playing, like, all game, just, you know, they look like they were a JV team out there playing. And so, and you noted a little bit, and we'll get a little bit more into it, uh, you know, the last couple of minutes for them. It's like, okay, man, is anybody a, a NFL coach on that team? Because it doesn't seem like anyone knows what they're doing or they don't have a plan for anything. But in my humble opinion, if the Cardinals just play halfway decent, yeah, this this might not be a win because, uh, you know, the Rams were, like I said earlier, they were proficient or somewhat efficient to a degree, but it just was so many miscues and, you know, still having some issues with the line play and things like that. And it's just just kind of inconsistency. You don't really see this dominating thing. And one of my big concerns, Derek, is is the defensive secondary. It's like no one knows what they're doing. They keep looking at each other, and you know they're playing twelve yards off. And I mean, the they little stop route is yeah. yeah, it's open all day. But I don't know why the uh, Cardinals just hey man, I'm gonna take what you give me. They could have just did that all day and won the game, but they kept trying to throw deep, and every now and then they would run just. You know, you're running to get covered when a guy is already playing deep and you try to throw deep. So, uh, yeah, it's, it's pretty interesting to see. But I'm just, you know, watching the deep sea and, and I guess it was the secondary coach jumping up and chest bumping. It's like, guys, the dude threw the ball away. It wasn't like you guys was D'ing up somebody. So, I don't know, man. It's just... I just again, I would like to see guys take things a little more serious and 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 stop being out there playing around. That's what it looks like. Well, let's get into the numbers. First things first, we'll go ahead and if let our sponsors come in and give us a look. Here we go. Oh, by the way, don't forget, Ramps Talk Radio is part of the Blue Wire Network. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. 
Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. All right, here's the numbers. And uh, I, it would be, I think it would be really interesting if you get to the bottom and just just forget Rams. I'm going to say team one, team two. And you tell me who you think would have won this game. Especially get to the bottom. Here we go. Uh, team one, 15 first downs, 23 for team two. Team one has went three for eight on third downs. Team two went six of 18 and four out of five on fourth down. Team one, 46 plays. Team two, 81. Total yards, 339 and 365 in favor of Team 2. 7.4 yards per play for Team 1, 4.5 for Team 2. Total passing yards, 239 for Team 1, Team 2 being uh, 295. 37 to 58 for Team 2, 18 and 25 passes for Team 1. 100 yards rushing for Team 1, 73 for Team 2. Averaging 5.0 per carry for Team 1, 3.3 for Team 2. Red zone, one out of three for team one. Team two was 0 for two. Penalty, six for 35 for team one. Six for 50 for team two. Team one, one turnover. Time possession for team one, 26 minutes, four seconds. And team two, 33, 56. So judging from those and knowing the score, from your point of view, Mike, who would have been team one and who would have been team two? Just knowing the score. Just knowing those, team one would have been, uh, well, team two would have been probably, you would think it would have been the Rams. And team one, you would have thought it was the Cardinals. But yeah, actually, it, yeah. Go ahead. You flip them. Yeah, you flip them. Yeah, yeah. You yeah. flip them. And. Right. Um, the Rams, uh, too, you know, we, we kind of went through some things that didn't feel good, but there were some nice things in there. Rams did yes, finally get a 100-yard yes. rushing day. They averaged five yards a carry. They, they, you know, they did keep, you know, one turnover, no interceptions. They, they averaged 7.4 yards, yards for play. That's, that's, that's a nice number. Now, things I think that concern me, again, the four out of five out of four, on fourth down, 
I mean, the fact that that they really didn't get any turnovers at all. Didn't force any turnovers. That's a concern for me. You know. And, yeah. What those numbers tell you, man? Yeah, it's just, you know, uh, like we have work to do. We, we, we have work to do. Uh, again, because I, I just look at some of the, the, the little things of when you got to have it, you know, uh, you got a man running wide open and Stafford throws it inside, receiver goes outside, and it's like, hey, why would you run outside? I'm throwing inside. You know, that's where the open field is. But again, all these things uh, for me are indicative of not playing together in preseason. You would get all the things that we're seeing where it looks like we're sloppy and falling short. All those stuff, that stuff gets flushed out in camp if you're playing. But no matter practice and playing are two different things. So you can say, oh, we have four weeks of camp. No, you have four weeks of practice. You need game reps. And so, you know, now maybe that's the plan, Derek. Maybe that's the plan of Sean McVay. Hey, we're not going to play guys in the preseason. And we know we're not going to hit our stride till after the fourth game. And maybe they're going, hey, man, we want to be two and two after four. We'll be ready to go. I don't know. But that's what it seems like to me because, again, it's not like a big urgency on anyone's part on what's going on. You know, you got Jalen Ramsey for the game. You know, hey, man, I got you. I got you. And, you know, the coach got to go over to. Why does a coach have to go to a grown man who's been in the league and go to his house and go, hey, man, we just want to know. We got your back, man. Don't worry about it. It wasn't your fault. <laughs> no, man. Do like they did back. At, they put the spotlight on you in film. Don't come in this film room. Because we're going to put the spotlight on you. Now I'm like, what? Okay, that dude's supposed to be a Pro Bowl, one of the highest play. What, what do you mean you got to go to his house and and basically baby him? No, man. Get out there and let's go, Jalen. Stop. Anyway, don't get me started on these guys. So. <laughs> tell me how you're really feeling. Yeah, man. I like that Nick Scott got like seven tackles, six tackles. Yeah, come on, Nick Scott. Play. Do your thing, man. Now, I will say this. You can clearly see that Aaron Donald is the best dude to play in in the league. And and I've seen some dudes. Reggie White, uh, Jerome Brown. uh, There's a list of guys. uh, Warren Sapp, even. But Aaron Donald, literally, he could get a sack every time if he wanted to. Because he does stuff that, you know, there's a play. He's driving the guy back inside. They run a little kind of, it's not a screen, but guy tried to jump in and jump cut outside. Darren Donald was like, get off me, lineman. And then jump back outside and make the tap tackle. It's like, okay, man, that's, that's a little bit unreal. And then like when he's rushing, you can just tell when he goes, okay, man, this time I'm going to get a sack. And he just goes in there like, they're not even on defense or offense. So that's that's really neat to see. Uh, me and my son, we were talking about, man, it's going to be a shame to see when this guy actually leaves the game because he literally can seem like he can just do what he wants when he wants to. I mean, 
Yeah, pretty much. You know, honestly, in a non-NFL correct world, we're probably seeing four or five holds called every game minimum on whoever's blocking Aaron Donald. Easy. Easy. It really should be, you know, that's how often they're holding him. Easy, man. Easy. Yeah, they really hold him almost every play. Every play. And yet, he still gets there. And it's just phenomenal. And it's even more frowned to me that the NFL does not call those penalties more reality. They really really should. I mean, if you're trying to highlight your stars, you want those stars getting to the quarterback or getting in there, you know, more than that. And yet they don't. I mean, honestly, call holding more. They really should. But I digress. Also, talking about just staying with that defense, just want to point out to you, I mean, I'm changing the subject a little bit. These are the guys who were out today, inactive. Kobe Durant, who made a nice play last week. Jordan Fuller. David Long. I mean, those guys in secondary out today. So if you're asking the question as to why the secondary isn't barking back and forth, like Troy Hill's on the, on the IR. But so if you're asking yourself why they're barking back and forth, because, I mean, this is not their unit. This is them patchworking something together and trying to get together in one week. And that's not to, they're still NFL players, not to excuse them, but some miscommunication is, is understandable considering they, this is the most injured part of the roster right now outside the offensive line. And that's why it blows my mind at the Cardinals game plan, which was, hey, let's take a shot downfield here and, you know, but the game, in my view, for the, should have been all over taking shots downfield and using that to to really wreck the Rams secondary. But they didn't do it. They failed miserably. They, I, I can't understand how a game plan was staring them in the face so easily. Like, just go downfield and, and make that the focus of creating the deep opportunities. And yet they dink and dunk almost that entire second half when they really should have been taking shots. And they're taking shots in the first half without building anything underneath during that time frame. It makes no sense to me. None. Well, I, I think I think clearly we can agree, or I, I will say, I'll speak for myself, that clearly there's hangover from the whole study thing. This is two weeks in, uh, you know, Kyler Murray and the addendum there, then no addendum. But for two weeks now, I've seen him literally look at his coach with disdain and walk away from him. While he's still talking. And you remember, we used to say that a lot about, you know, uh, McVay and, and uh, Jared Goff. Jared Goff. It's just the body language. And now I'm seeing a Kyler Murray. He's like, yeah, man, I just don't have anything really to say to you guys. Or or especially his head coach. And he's trying to kind of encourage him. And he's like, yeah, man, whatever. And walks away. Uh, so there's something going on there. Or the fact that he knows, like. Okay, yeah, I got basically Hollywood Brown, but Hollywood Brown doesn't look like he's in any type of shape. You run a route or two, he got to go out and get a blower. His hands are on his hips, though he had a pretty outstanding game himself. But I think, uh, you know, all the way around, I totally agree. The the Cardinals, again, I don't know what these coaches and so-called gurus do all week, but it's like they had no game plan or no adjustment. And again, I look at Kingsbury, Kingsbury. And the dude has like two laminated front and back cards of just plays and stuff. And I go, okay, man, 
those look like every play you've ran since you've been playing football on Pop Warner. Like, why would you have that many plays when this game, you could have ran three or four plays and probably did well. Hand the ball off here and there, just throw some quick slants, and that's all you needed. But anyway, uh, a win is a win is a win. But I just think the Rams, they, they have some work to do uh, if they're really going to try to make this a, a, a real season. because. As they start playing some more of the big boys, it, it it could be some long days if you're playing like this. I think they're they're lucky in some respects that a lot of these teams are coming up. I mean, I cannot believe how many people are how many teams are just hurting right now. You know, they're not they're not alone. So th- that helps them some. I think also with the Rams, we you know we, we I think we need to remember this team was never really all that dominant of a team last year. They found ways to win. And they were they developed grit. They developed toughness. They deserved, they developed all kinds of things as they went through that final stretch uh, stretch run. But they were never never like the super dominant team. Like I can go back to 2018 and think about that team that made its run. That team was very dominant at times. This this last year they weren't really that dominant, but they were winners. And I think the guys there are still winners. They're going to be all right, but I think we're going to have a lot of games like this this year. We're going to be thinking, oh, my gosh. Oh, my, oh my gosh. Because they have a tendency to win dirty. I mean, and I don't mean dirty like cheating. Just, I mean, gritty, tough, you know, tough wins. And unfortunately, injury bugs already get them. A couple of things I do want to say that are positives. I just want to point this out. Stafford, no turnovers. He actually played a pretty good game, probably, if they if they had um, had really kept if they hadn't had a couple of those drops, it's a different game entirely. Um, running game improved. He only allowed what one sack or two sacks. So one sack. So it was an improved offensive line, even though again another guy goes down today. Havasan goes down and gets hurt. So yeah. I think those are positives. I think you know Scout Reddick. Oh my gosh, big old Ben blocking downfield, man. Th- that. Yeah. That is, I love how the Rams do. The Rams just, man, they have guys who block. They bring guys to develop receivers who block. And so, uh, you know, that that's fundamental football. I love that. Seeing Tyler Higby involved more, positive. And even though I really believe the, the, the Cardinals shot themselves in the foot a lot, the Rams defense let them do it. They didn't do anything all that stupid. That last drive down the field, yeah, they're, we're talking about going, them playing 12 yards back, 10 yards back. Yeah, I get that. But, you know, the Cardinals sat there and just did not show any or didn't see this kind of do what they did. And the Rams let them do it. They didn't do anything fundamentally awful to give the Cardinals the advantages. That, I mean, they, they just sat back and played defense. You know, at that point, you're just trying to wear clock out the Rams defense. Just played the game. So there are a lot of positives there. I just want to see, you know, I don't want to see them put teams away. That's what we want to see them do. We want to see them, you don't want to see drop passes in the end zone. You don't want to see fumbles in the goal line. I know Cam Akers is reaching out for the goal line. I know that. And it's it's hard to not fumble there when you got a guy coming and taking that. But you got to know where you're at. I'd rather you get stopped at the one-yard line than fumble the ball away at the one-yard line. It's little things like that that 
mean, actually, it's not little at all. What am I saying? But you know, I, I look at it and go, "That's fixable." I know Cam Akers is getting hit hard on social media right now because of fumbles <laughs> last yeah. year. I mean, he's getting hit yeah. hard, but right, I think right. that fumbles more understandable because he's going to reach to put the football out than him running down the field on the twenty-five yard line and somebody just he's nonchalant and something just pops out of him. I, I can understand that a little bit more. Just man. Gotta be a little smarter to tuck that ball away. It's okay not to not to touchdown there. A field goal there makes it two touchdowns. Straight up, two touchdowns. So there, there's my rant on that. Oh, absolutely. And you know, I'm gonna bring up my buddy Cleveland Gary from back in the day. You know, great back when he came out of Miami, but for whatever reason. He would always try to get the extra yards and it would end up in a turnover. And then it just got to the point where the coach was like, hey, man, we just can't really play like that. But I just remember him, uh, you know, we called him a back from the old Negro League because, you know, he didn't get his ankles taped. He didn't wear gloves. He didn't wear any elbow pads. He just threw his uniform on and came out. Let's go. And so, uh, you know, and again, great back. He could catch out the backfield. He could do all that thing. But he ended up having getting labeled a little bit as a guy who fumbled because he was always trying to spin or get the extra yard, stretch it out, and it would turn into a turnover. So don't want that to be for Cam Akers because what I do love about Cam Akers, he runs what we call downhill. So he gets north and south, and he has the ability to also make you miss uh, but we can't forget he's still coming off of injury, no matter that he is back. He's still coming off injury. So uh, it looks like he's running really well just from a running standpoint, but still coming off Achilles injury. I know there's got to be some little bit of residual on the mental aspect of, uh, as he's playing. But, you know, you never try to fault a guy for trying to make a play. But absolutely, when you're that that close down in, you just can't fumble on it. It, it doesn't matter. It's a fumble, yeah, you, and you got to figure that out. You got to put it away. You got to put it away. Yeah. Um, and unfortunately, he's going to hear that now. Hopefully, he grows from it. That's what we're all hoping for, right? He just grows from it. But by the way, a couple things here. Um, Brandon Powell, 31-yard kick return today. Averaging 14.3 on punt returns. What a weapon back there. I just want to point that out as well. Kind of a nod to him. Not said enough. Sometimes you want to give that nod, though. Had a couple catches as well. So I want to give the nod to Brandon Powell. And Ben Skyranek, uh he mentioned him earlier for his blocking. Led the team in receiving today. That's nice. Tyler Higby, great game as well. So yeah. um, I really like that. The Rams got it to six receivers or trying to get to eight and two drops. Allen Robinson, what's going on here? That's my question, too. Yeah, that's that's my question to me as well. I'm watching him and I'm going, okay, man, this is supposed to be our big time guy. Like, why is he looking like he's, I don't know. I don't want to say rookie but he looks like he's stumbling, he's fumbling. He looks up in the ball's there and he can't get his hands up. And, and I'm going, yeah, I don't know. But that, again, indecisiveness, not getting hit, not, you know, when you get hit in preseason, 
Well, when you come in on a slant route, you're going to expect to get hit, but you're going to focus and catch the ball. A lot of these guys are like, man, you know, ball's coming too quick. So, yeah, I'm not I'm not really sold on Mr. Robinson as one of our key free agent guys right now, because it's just looking like he's out there just kind of running around like he's not really like he doesn't really know what he's doing. But he does. Right. I mean. You know, he's he a football should. player. He maybe maybe he's know. still adjusting to the offense, but you've had the entire yeah. offseason to adjust this offense now. Right. Maybe he come late. He came early. Yeah. 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 You know, when when the offense is relying more on Ben Skowronik than Allen Robinson right now, that's something that I'm like, uh, okay, concerning me. Concerning. But, okay, 2-2 out will drop the touchdown pass today. Yeah, man. Yeah. Like, can we just are we going to call him a bust yet or what? I mean, he wasn't man, a first round pick or anything, but <laughs> well, why? <laughs> I think we need to give it. <laughs> that just came out of nowhere. <laughs> I think I think we need to give him at least. I'm gonna give him to the midway season this year. Give I'm gonna give him to season? the midway. Yeah, midway. Uh, but yeah, man. Again, I I just. Personal opinion, you know, having played for the Rams, we were in Anaheim, of course. But personal opinion is, I just call all this stuff the L.A. effect. You know, there are a lot of distractions that you can get into when you play for the L.A. Rams. Now the Chargers are here, the Lakers, uh, the Clippers and the Dodgers. You know, we saw what happened with Yasiel Puig. You know, he was a guy who you know, had to escape his circumstance to get to the bigs and then get to the bigs. And, oh, man, it's party every day. So I just think some of this, to me, is just the L.A. effect. If you're not focused and really going out to practice, putting that type of work in or after practice or things like that, this is where we see the drops, the seems like running wrong routes, jumping off sides, flinching, uh, just things that, again, you would think, seasoned veterans, uh, they wouldn't be doing this, but put all that together, not playing in preseason, the L.A. effect, and this is where we're at. This is where we're at, man. How much of it is is actually really a little bit of a Super Bowl hangover? Oh, it's definitely that. And, you know, I'm sure, you know, you're getting other teams better efforts day in and day out. But again, you should know that going into the game. But, you know, as great as, you know, they're putting all the stats up about Bobby Wagner and the different things, and he had a decent game, you know, nine tackles. But, you know, you almost sometimes go, well, how come he's not playing like he was when we used to face him against Seattle? And you go, okay, is that scheme? Or, you know, is this now age? But, yeah, nine tackles is nine tackles, which basically... Yeah, kind of led the team. Darion Kendrick had nine solos. And he's yeah. now in concussion, looking out, looking out for a concussion. Oh, wow. Yeah, so uh, yeah. guys are banged up, but we'll, we'll see. I think, uh, again, uh, and I'm sure we'll talk about this a little bit later uh, or in a week, uh, got those Niners coming up on the Monday night game. So that's going to be, to me, that's going to be a telltale where we are. 
Well, yeah. And one thing, just um, if there's one thing I want to give a shout out to Matt Stafford for today. There was a play, I want to say it was third quarter, where he was under fire. Under fire. Cardinals Collins forces him. It's coming to make the tackle, and, and he turns. There's a full spin move. spin move around. Spin move. Spin move. Quickly. Drops a dime. Yes. And he, I mean, a quick set, almost a sidearm throw, and nails that. Yeah. Kind of a, a three-quarter sidearm. Yeah. Misses um, what they went and got him for. I know that we tend to criticize him a little bit for interceptions, um, but, man, that guy's a quarterback. And when we talk about that old comparison between Jared Goff and Stafford, because we're, we're going back to that podcast a couple days ago, and this is what Goff did not do well. It was under that kind of pressure, just turning around, spinning and dropping a dime like that. Man, that was awesome play. Okay, one last thing. I want to make, make this prediction now about the Cardinals. I want to make this prediction now. Cliff Kingsbury. That dude's on his way out. He's done. I don't think he's, I mean, you mentioned earlier, but, and we've kind of touched on it a bit. That team, they're too talented to be playing the way they are. Let's be honest. They are way too talented to be playing the way they are. And the, you know, you mentioned no game plan, the clock management where there's no urgency. Uh, they aren't really doing anything to establish the run. They're not really using Kyler Murray to his strengths. And we're seeing all, I mean, there is way too much talent. Here's the, but man, hold on a minute. We didn't even mention this. The Cardinals have lost seven straight games now at home. Seven. Right. One more time for those in the back. Right. Seven right. straight home games. Mike. Seven straight home games when you're supposed to be a playoff contender. I don't see how. Well, the sad thing is, it's like, oh, well, you know, I would imagine they're thinking, again, I'm not in there, man. This is me thinking. I would imagine the thinking is, man, when we get B-Hop back, we're going to now be fine because he's going to you know, be getting double and triple teams. So that's going to open things up. But to your point, Derek, I look at a coach, uh, Cliff Kingsbury, and I go, okay, man, you got to work with what you have. I got one of the most mobile quarterbacks in this league. Okay, I'm not going to make him just stay in the pocket all game. Man, let's do some rollouts. Let's get him under center. Let's do some bootlegs. Give him some run pass options. I'm doing some things like that. I don't see that happening. And I'm like, okay, man, you guys sit up in these meeting rooms. You've been coaching forever. You mean you can't go back to some just simple, basic one-on-one plays? And I'm watching him over there. And we were commenting. Uh, my son was like, well, he go, Dad, why does he look like he's scared or nervous? Or I said, I don't know, man. It seemed like he... He's been coaching a while. He shouldn't be looking like that. But literally, he just looks. And then when I'm seeing him talking to the quarterback, and the quarterback is just looking at him, he's talking to him, you know, from the field. And, hey, man, get the play in. Like, what are we doing? But you saw when they got in a hurry up, 
it's more of, I guess, Kyler Murray can call his own plays. And it seems like, you know, they actually work a little more efficient. But, yeah, I, I don't give it once uh, B-Hop gets back. He's coming back after game six, right? Uh, I think so. I think so. If they don't show mass improvement two games after he's back, like the eighth and ninth game, yeah, I, I think there's going to be an interim coach taking over for the Cardinals. All right. Here we go. Rest of the league. Baltimore beats New England Day 37-26. Here's a shocker. The Colts, 20-17 over the Chiefs. What? No, no response to that at all. No response. Well, that was another thing too. You see Pat <laughs> Mahomes, you know, getting into what is offensive coordinator. Yep. But I Who? think Pat Mahomes has the hangover of this. Yeah, I'm the best quarterback in that week one or week two when he was just out there sling around, and they just looked like they were playing against. Uh, a junior high team, and oh, they thought every game was going to be like that. But yeah, that's what happens. This is the NFL, and so any team can get after you. Keep it going. Panthers beat the Saints 22-14. The Bears 23-20, and the abuse of Justin Justin Fields continues there. Watching good old Fields misused by the Bears offense like they've misused every single car every single uh quarterback they get. It's frustrating to watch, but they can't run the football. Buffalo upset by Miami. I'm not sure we can call that an upset. Twenty one nineteen. Yeah. How what do you think about the whole uh Tua Tagaloa uh protocol for uh possible concussion violation? Well probably shouldn't have been the game. But yeah, I'm also in the corner of, you know, what what, what were the conversations there? Right. What were they? Um, Detroit falls apart late. Minnesota comes back to be a 20-24. Jared Goff, 25-41, two say sevens, a touchdown and interception. I'll put a lot of that on the defense, quite frankly. Oh, my gosh. Minnesota's offense. <laughs> sure, their defense in that one. The Jets. Losing home 27-12 to the Bengals. Tennessee 24-22 over the Raiders in the battle of 0-2 teams. Did you watch that by chance? Yeah, I watched a little bit, man. Derek Carr, man, I I don't know, man. It's just some of the stuff he does. And then he have a chance to come back and throws a pick. And it wasn't all his fault. It tipped off that. But let me jump back here to the Jets game. Did you see uh, the D lineman about to beat his coach up? Yeah, I saw that. Yeah, somebody's going to be getting fined. Wonder what was going on there. Wonder a lot, a lot of aggression in the sidelines today. A lot of aggression. A lot of aggression. And then you have Philadelphia twenty-four to eight over Washington. That was twenty-four nothing real quickly. Jacksonville thirty-eight ten over the Chargers in SoFi. Wow. Yeah, Doug Peterson's a good coach, man. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Green Bay, 14-12 over Tampa. Both teams did not look good. Did not look good at all. And they're both riddled with injuries, by the way. Yeah. I mean, if you're – I'm in Ohio, so that's the game I got. I had to listen to the Rams on the radio. 
And just just sitting there watching this game, it did look a lot like the Rams, honestly. Just disjointed. You have different players <laughs> in there. There is something to be said about how injuries affect you. The Falcons beat the Seahawks. Yeah, dog. Okay, so yeah. the Seahawks are now one and two. And, one and two. Uh, those Falcons, the same guys that came in last week and you know gave the Rams some fits late. Cordrell Patterson, Patterson, 141 yards rushing. Nice. Nice. And the Rams, they be ready, though. The Rams, they be ready. Geno Smith, 32 of 44, 325. And the Seahawks also ran the ball. That defense better be ready when uh, they face each other. That's yeah. it, man. That's the breakdown from, from the week today. Any last thoughts? Anything you want to put out there? No, no, it's just interesting when you look at the Jaguars, what a coach can do. Uh, A lot of the similar talent was there last year, Uh, but you get a real coach in Doug Peterson able to relate to the guys and it looks like they're, you know, uh, responding. You know, Lamar Jackson is doing his thing with the Ravens, probably having one of his (laughs) – Best year so far. So, yeah, some some good football. But I think, Derek, uh, we need to put you in the Football Hall of Fame. You noted earlier in the week regarding a lot of these teams and their guys not playing in the preseason. And it seems like there's a correlation between a lot of these guys who now are banged up after week two and three. and uh, But it's like they just haven't had that banging in camp to prepare for a season. You know, I think, I think it's hard to, I think it's really hard to make an argument either way though, because the Rams did the same thing last year and they, they jumped out to a seven to one start. I think it really depends on your roster makeup. I think it depends on where you are and you, you just have to factor in if I don't play these guys in the preseason. There's risk. They need the bumps. And they're going to say, I've heard this said, well, they're getting all these bumps in training camp. They're getting all these bumps in practice. It's not the same. It's just not the same. It's, it, you remember, you played for years. You coached also. You know the difference between practice on your own field with your own guys, even scrimmages, versus actual in-game action. The intensity just goes up. It just goes up. The hitting is harder. On a more consistent, you might have had a couple of hard hits here and there, but the hitting is harder consistently in live action, real game. And there's well, give and take there. Absolutely. And and you're seeing it across the board uh, tackling this week. You look at all the games, whichever ones was a lot better than last week. And so, again, that's attributed to, you know, guys are getting these live reps and now. You know, you've got that third game under your belt now. So uh, I would suspect that these continue to get better and better, less missed tackles and just better gameplay overall. Uh, So, yeah, man, I'm looking forward to uh, our discussion later on in the week about these Niners coming up. Uh, You got any early prediction or are you going to wait? Oh, I'm going to wait. <laughs> <laughs> I do think I should do the whole reverse psychology thing again, you know, just say, I think you know, you call, should. call I think the you loss. Should. You know? I think, you I think it, a lot depends on how we see him playing the night. 
you know, if Denver beats them tonight, they're going to come in one and two and, and almost in desperation mode. Right. You know, and, and I also think if the Rams come out of the game plan next week, like they did this week, where they can sit back and just give 10 yards between the receiver and defensive back. Oh my gosh. The four yards will eat that for lunch. They will just, just eat it for lunch. We'll see them get 40 yards time possession. I mean, sorry, for, for, you know, 40 minutes time possession. It'll be an ugly game next week. You can't come out there next week and play 10 yards of the football. You can't. So we'll see what they do. They can't do the same thing they do at the Cardinals today. That's for sure. That's my, no. my feeling. Not All right. All. It is time for us to go. Yes. But follow Mike on Twitter at one duke 23 Follow me on Twitter, DC Paul. Follow us at Talk Rams. But most importantly, leave those reviews. Subscribe to Rams Talk Radio anywhere podcasts can be found. And until our midweek show, we're out of here. Oh, and don't forget not don't forget Bunny Heads this week. Stephen John. Yes. Can't forget those guys. All right, we're out of here. Out of here. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.